Blog Talk Radio. Time to relax, and you know what that means. It's time. Smell the coffee. If you don't get that reference, stick around till the end of the show and hear the outro. I'm Kevin Jank. I'm Peter Jank. <laughs> Yay, we're here. We are here. Surrounded by gummy bears that we week. can't eat. <laughs> can't eat them. Just can't eat them. Living. <laughs> Breathing creatures in my home. <laughs> oh. Can I eat a Teddy Graham? No. They're also breathing. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. I wish they would stop making delicious foods shaped like animals then. But I can't eat. But I could eat beef, right? <laughs> you can, yes, you can have beef. All the beef. Those living creatures. Fuck them. Weirdly... Gummy bears and gummy worms, pretty much anything gummy is pretty disgusting. It's pretty gross. It's like eating a spring or a rubber band. <laughs> I know you would. You're strange. I disagree. Rubber bands are delicious. <laughs> Spaghetti and rubber bands. <laughs> you can't have rubber bands for dinner. <laughs> no, you can. Silly choice. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I guess we should get into get into the meat of today's show. And by meat, I mean gummy bears. <laughs> this is just turning into we one got, of our random rants. <laughs> we got a lot of things to cover. We got two very, very different lists. <laughs> really could not be more different in in subject matter or tone for the most part. <laughs> but very true. <laughs> but they're all like somewhat relevant, I guess, in that they both involve things that happened this week, somewhat. <laughs> both lists? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yours was kind of inspired by a Nostalgia Critic episode that came out this week. <laughs> oh, 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 hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what did I do? Oh, I was going to do the Adam oh. Sandler things, wasn't I? Oh, Yeah. Did you change it up? I did, because I, I figured maybe we could probably <laughs> do that together at some point. So then I was like, oh, I'll do oh. it. But they are different. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm very curious. <laughs> then what, uh, what is your list? Uh, I decided to do something more self-serving that you probably, I don't think you would be able to uh, participate in it's just like how it's oh. I try to do my list when I'm doing them by myself. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So I did the top. T- where the hell did it go? Oh, top ten games that I've created and printed out using the great the Game Crafter. Oh, 
Interesting, interesting. I did not realize. I figured I'd check today, and I do have at least 10 games that I've made, exactly 10 games that I've made using the Game Crafter. <laughs> oh, nice. So none of them will feel bad that he didn't make the list. It's very true. <laughs> very, very true. You're like your children. Normally in real yeah. life, you want to make sure you exclude at least one child and make them feel bad. <laughs> That's how I've always... That's just good parenting. <laughs> Exclude it again. Uh. <laughs> and then my oh, list yeah. uh, that we'll get to eventually is going to be a tribute uh, to the late, great Dolores O'Riordan, who uh, unfortunately died this week. And it was very upsetting. Very, very upsetting. So I felt we needed to pay her some tribute this week. For sure. That's still very crazy. Very, very crazy business. Yeah. I could not believe it when I heard that. I was like, what? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. does not compute. does not compute. For sure, for sure. Yeah, we'll hit that up. Um, all right, cool. Well, I guess I'll just right, well. start with my list and just kind of ramble these off, and I'll try to give a brief description of each. That way everybody knows what the gist of it is. Yeah. Let me hit the theme song real quick. Hello, women. This is number eight. Now you can all <laughs> lay them straight. Open the door to your fuzzy elephant. Fuzzy elephant. All right. Yeah. We made it. We made it through the theme song once again. Hopefully, everybody's still with us. <laughs> we started to pass on. Um, all righty. Well, uh, as I already said, that mine is the top ten games that I've had published. Not so much that are for sale, but at least published through the Game Crafter. Um, I do have a few of these ah, on yeah. sale. Um, so uh, if you are interested in any of these, go ahead and hit up that Sweet Sweet Game Crafter, and you'll be able to purchase most of these, I think. Yeah. Um, TheGameCrafter.com, yeah. right? Yes, TheGameCrafter.com. Um, so, dot gov. <laughs> <laughs> dot mail. Um, so <laughs> my number 10 is, so these first two off my list are kind of like, I consider them bombs, but I've had them published through the Game Crafter, so I, I put them on the list anyways. Uh, my number 10 is unfortunately one that Kevin and I had created, and that's what's <laughs> called a death. Death Trap. It just didn't make uh, it. it. didn't have the legs. Um, Kevin and I have Skyped this game-ish, and it kind of worked. And then I played it at a board game store, and it worked. And then everywhere else I've played this <laughs> game, it has fallen flat. This game is supposed to take 10 to 15 minutes, if even that. And every time I've played this game, it's taken about an hour, an hour and a half for one game. And I can't get that <laughs> if I'm making, like, a small party game. So uh, Death Trap was essentially supposed to be kind of like a hidden movement 
almost like a memory game-ish where one person's playing a killer, players are playing survivors, and they're going through a neighborhood of, uh, you know, kind of like just a neighborhood, and on the back of each card is a house, and they're going through each house looking for different items, and they'll be using those items to try to uh, disband, I guess, this killer. Um, I don't even remember the exact point of this game. Um, I think you're mostly surviving. <laughs> Try to, to I think you beat the killer and be the last one standing, which is where I think yeah. what made the game take forever was in other games you were playing, people were all teaming up together at every turn, which just was stupid because then the killer would come back eventually anyway. Right. And it would just make the game this, last forever. Every time I played this, every time I played this, it was uh, supposed to be uh, one, you know, it wasn't a cooperative game. It, it's, it was supposed to reenact kind of like a horror movie, kind of like old school, uh, we'll just say Friday the 13th and stuff like that, where uh, everybody's out for themselves. They're just trying to survive. And, you know, this, this killer's after them, and they're doing the best they can to try to survive. And I think most of the people that I played with have played a lot of Dead by Daylight, where it is a cooperative game, and they're all trying to survive. And that's the whole point of... <laughs> Dead by daylight, but not so much death trap, where you want to be the last one to survive and not try to help other yeah. people. So it was like, yeah, I mean, for, for God's sakes, one of them, one of them, one of the cards that you were able to get were a gun, and you were able to shoot one of the survivors yourself. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, it flopped, and it made me very sad because I do like that game. I feel like I should go back to it at some point, but. Whatever. Yeah, I think there's uh, definitely a way to fix it and make it make it workable. Workable. Because it was fine for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. Um, and my number nine also flopped. Um, it's a game called World of Etheria. It was my very first attempt at a deck building game. Um, the art of it, I took. This game took so long to make. Um, I'm, this <laughs> is the first game where I made a a giant board. Uh, my very first actual board to a game. Um, and then it had a beautiful map. It had uh, a lot of tons of cards. I made really funny different kind of like mancers, like Beagle Mancer and the Micromancer <laughs> yeah. and okay. the Animancer. There's so many different mancers, and I tried to get as creative as I possibly could. And there were so many really cool things about the game, but the balancing was off so bad. Oh, God. It was off so, so bad that it's just flopped. Every time I played it, was another one where every time I played it, it just flopped. And it's one of those things that I could probably easily fix. But um, I feel like uh, deck-building games kind of just are flooding the market. So I just never really went back into it because I don't think that I should go back into it. I just don't think there's enough <laughs> there for it to be different from everything else. So. Um, but yeah, it is a really part. amazing looking game and it's a really, really beautiful, uh, I, I'm not trying to stroke my own schmeckle, but this is one of the better looking games that I've made <laughs> for sure. Um, nice. but yeah, those are my two. Gonna figure out some other mechanics and it'll be all good. Yeah, for sure. Um, my number eight is the smallest game that I've ever made. Um, it is also my newest game and this game is called Create. It's literally just a deck of 36 cards, and it's a trick-taking game, kind of like Spades or other games in that vein, where you'll be playing certain cards, and whoever has normally the highest uh, value on that card would win what is called the trick. Um, but 
the spin that I put on this game is it's paper, scissors, rock as well. So um, essentially you've got fire, earth, and water. So fire beats earth, earth beats water, and water beats fire kind of thing. And everybody chooses a card simultaneously and then reveals it in order, starting with the first player going in a clockwise fashion. So if I, everybody then reveals their cards, um, and then we resolve them again in that order. And what will end up happening is I have uh, fire. My person to the left has earth. Well, I've beaten earth. And then the person next to him has water. Well, they've beaten my fire. And then that water then has uh, their versing we'll just say a four-player game, they're going to the left of them. Uh, if they both have water, then they take the one who has the highest value. That person wins the trick, and then they place that down in their tableau, and they get points for that. And whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins the game. So it's a very fun uh, uh, Paper, Scissors, Rock-style game. Every, I will say this. Every single person that I've played this game with has literally wanted to buy a copy immediately. Um, <laughs> but I have not Damn. put it on sale yet because spruced it up because I made a really shady looking uh, prototype for this game. So um, <laughs> I will I will try to spruce this one up here in the future. Uh, my number. Oh, seven is that why it's only number eight? Because it's not totally completed yeah. yet. Yeah, it's, it's still I would just say in production because right now it's got like weird pixel art, and this is a game that I think would actually benefit not using pixel art, actually having. <laughs> Good-looking art with this um, <laughs> Even though it's just a simple game, I don't want to be all pixel all the time. So I think this one would be really pretty if I could make it like actual beautiful fire, beautiful earth, and beautiful water kind of uh, hard-looking uh, card art. So uh, we'll see. Um, nice. The next one is another one that Kevin and I worked on. Actually, one of my first was, if not my first, maybe it was my first, Dreamscape. Was that the first one I did? I think it might have been. Um, I want to say no. I think there was something before that. You, we, we, you I think are right. You Actually, had done something with, yeah. I did C&D Rogue. I forgot about those. Yeah, there was a, oh. a Rogue-like game that I tried to make that I didn't even play with anybody. That one was just trash. That was just like me printing something <laughs> to see if Game Crafter was good. And it was good. But the game, I don't even know if I ever even played that game. I don't even know if I still have that game. But, yeah, I had seen the Rogue, and I forgot I made – I redid Tactic Legend. I mean, I would have probably put that on the list. That's an honorable mention, Tactic Legend. Um, but, anyways. Nice. Um, but, yeah, uh, Dreamscape. Uh, this is a game where when I was doing a lot of YouTube videos, um, I would do what is called TCG News, which is essentially uh, kind of doing news casts on other people's uh, – homemade trading card games. And essentially, I, we had this, like, big community that, well, not not big, but, you know, a big enough community to where Kevin and yeah. I thought it would be really cool to actually make a card game based around this community. And what people would do is donate their art to me, and then I would put it in this card game. And then it was based on a system that Kevin and I played with Pokemon cards back in the day. And it worked. It's a super fun game. And uh, a lot of people helped out with this. Uh, I think we did three or four waves of this, maybe three complete waves, and then I started working on the last and final one, but I just never got enough yeah, that sounds right. it just kind of died out. Um, but, yeah, super fun game for sure. And some people had amazing art. One of my favorites is definitely Failure. So, um, Dreamscape, <laughs> definitely check that one out. That one's really cool. <laughs> check um, out every card except Failure. 
<laughs> yeah, some wow, of the art no. was damn amazing. Like it was literally looked incredible. And then there was ones that like failure, where it's just like a stick figure with a with a paper for a head that says F on it. It looks like it was drawn by <laughs> some kind of monkey. <laughs> I love that card. It is a great card in the game as well. So <laughs> definitely, definitely check that one out for sure. Um, my number <laughs> six is another one that I got a lot of uh, applause on, I suppose, or at least I get a lot of people saying that they like it. The only unfortunate thing is that apparently there's another game that's like this out there, so I missed, I <laughs> missed it. But this game is called Master of Disguise. It's oh, another great yeah. game where... This is a party style game. It's also the highest player count that I've ever put in a game. I think it's eight people can play this game. And essentially, nice. I'm saying essentially, but basically, what everybody gets <laughs> is a card to a profession. And everybody's profession is the exact same. So we'll just say, for example, everybody has received a card that says police officer on it. So everybody in this group of eight people is a police officer except one. And that one is the master of disguise. Now, everybody should know what they are, but they keep the cards hidden because they're trying to keep it hidden from the master of the sky. And then starting with the starting player, they'll uh, ask questions to try to figure out which person is the master of the skies. But at any point that the master of the skies can figure out who everybody is, they can immediately say, I believe that you guys are the police officer, then they would win that round. But if they guess wrong, then they would lose and everybody else wins. And then if the um, uh, the other, the rest of the team can figure out who the master of disguise is, and at any point they could just shout out. Uh, uh, I think that Kevin's the master of disguise, and then if everybody votes that Kevin is the master of disguise, then the whole team as a whole wins. So it's a very fun game. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, you definitely missed it at the end of our New Hampshire trip. We probably played this game, man. It was probably close to twenty times. Like I feel like we went through almost Damn. every single card in that box. Um, but it was me, Scooch, Nick, Megan, I think LaCroix, uh, Veda maybe, I think was in there too. Like there was a bunch of people playing and we just kept playing over and over because Megan wanted to keep playing until she, she was the master of disguise, but she never got the card. I think the entire time we played. So, it was pretty, oh, that's fun, pretty funny. Um, that's awesome. So that's when we played it a little bit while I was there, but <laughs> Lori was did. being stupid and could figure out how the game worked. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but yeah, I played <laughs> a lot of Masters, guys. Super, super fun game. Um, my number five is my attempt at a trading card game uh, called Dungeon Arena. This one is it is a very fun game, and it's very fun to make your own deck. Essentially what it is, or basically what it is, is a game where it's just like a trading card game. Uh, you get to make your own uh, trading card deck, and it has all sorts of different things in there, from basic monsters to elite monsters, um, and then it has, or not monsters, but creatures, because it could be people too. Um, uh, but then you got weapons and items and stuff like that you can attach to those creatures, and then sometimes you play spells. It's a lot like Magic the Gathering, but the biggest difference in this game is instead of playing, like, land cards to gain mana, um, everybody always starts with three gold, um, and that never really changes. Sometimes you can uh, uh, earn some gold back, but instead of what is called tapping mana, 
you spent gold, and at the beginning of your next turn, you can uh, earn your gold back. Um, and that was my way of getting around copyright problems with that game. But uh, there's all sorts of different <laughs> nice. creatures and spells and whatnot. This is another game that I kind of need to fix a couple things on because Gully and I have played this, the shit out of this game. Like, we each have multiple decks that we love to play with, um, and it's a, it's a super, super fun game to play. But I added a new mechanic that kind of erased an old mechanic, so I just need to fix a few of the cards and uh, keep that new mechanic in because I think it flows a little bit better and get rid of the old one. So, But, yeah, for sure, definitely a very, very fun game. Venture Arena uh, is my number five. Uh, my number four is based in the Retro City uh, uh, world, I guess you could say. And that one is named uh, Retro City Rumble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, another, it was another attempt shortly after I started designing the uh, Dungeon Arena. Kevin and I had made uh, this really cool world up with, like, Kid Nitro and stuff like that. And I wanted to do, like, a trading card game, but everything is inside of one box. And I, at the time, I was playing a lot of a game called Flux, and I loved how the game Flux came in the small box as well, and I could just bring that anywhere. And I wanted to do that with Retro City Rumble, where there's a small small box has two different decks in it. you got orange backs and green backs. Uh, each player takes one of those decks. You shuffle them up, and your cards never change from there. Um, you just keep playing cards, and... How you win the game is by uh, nilling your opponent's deck either to zero, because that's their life, or I, actually, I think that's the only way you do win. But you just keep attacking their yep. uh, their deck, essentially. And they're going to be doing the same to yours, but you can play cards in three different ways. You can play them as a fighter, you can play them as an action, or you can play them as a trap. And that was the cool thing about that game, is you had multiple choices on multiple cards, and that's how you would try to tactically think, how should I play this card or what should I do with this card? Um, and it's the attacking is very Yu-Gi-Oh-esque. There's only one number on the card, uh, and that's the power level. So as long as your power um, exceeded the, I guess, the enemy fighters, then you'd be able to take that one out, um, which is super cool. Um, and they all have really cool abilities as well. I really do like Richard City Rebel. I wish I should go back into that because I was redesigning some yeah. of Yeah. The, the dudes in there, but I don't know. We'll figure I mean, it out. It was out. fun the way it is. I don't remember there being any glaring issues when we played. Uh, the biggest thing that I wanted to get out of there, which I think I started to, were the uh, the robots. Um, the robots were just like, oh. they weren't <laughs> that great because it was hard. To, for one, they were the highest, like, to get them out, uh, or as a creature, or a fighter, rather, um, they were the highest power in the entire game. But to get them out, you had to, like, match colors, and then you had to discard those colors to bring those robots out. And when they were out, they were either going to whoop whoop on the other person's uh, team, or <laughs> they would just die almost immediately because somebody would play a card like, oh, no, you put that back in your hand, which means that, that thing's never coming back out. Or uh, it would just kill it immediately because it exceeded, like, six power. So... They were just wonky. It was just like, in the beginning, they're cool. Yeah, that's true. You, you might be able to get off one shot, but I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I was coming up with different ideas for the Retro City Rebel. I should jump back into that. That was a fun game. Um, mm-hmm. All righty. Well, next game is – oh, actually, 
Dude, I should jump back in that one because it just made a new box that will hold everything now anyways. Uh, next game nice. is number three. And number three is, oh, this was actually, this won't be Dreamscape. Spellbook. I forgot about Spellbook. Um, oh, yeah. Spellbook came out before Dreamscape. And Spellbook was a game. True. I was working in a job called Milgard Windows. This is probably the dorkiest thing that I'll ever say in my entire life, but here we go. <laughs> and Milgard Windows, you can't hear anything. It's so loud in that place. So what I would do is, like, in my head, as I'm walking down the main hallways and the main aisleways and stuff like that, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. But I would pretend that I had, like, <laughs> cool spells, and I would just, like, I'm not going to get into that. It's actually too dorky for me. So, oh, no, what no. I want to you do promised make... the story. Now we got to hear it. No, it's pretty late. I would just pretend to do spells <laughs> while I'm walking down aisleways, guys. That's all I did. I would pretend, while nobody was watching, I would like pretend to cast fireballs. Or, I, it's wow, it's okay. So anyway, um, so I wanted to make a card game where no, it's awful. Um, I wanted to make a card game that had a whole bunch of spells in it. And um, this is where the original whole your deck is your life came from was Spellbook because in Spellbook, your deck was like your energy. So you'd be actually using up your energy and your um, your life and everything like that as you kept drawing cards. So you can keep drawing cards, but of course you're starting to whittle yourself down. Um, but now you've got a lot more options to work with. But now your opponent's attacking your deck. Uh, but you're playing all these spells and trying to come up with all these combos. And again, this this actually used the three mana as well. This, that's actually where it came from. I'm yeah. assuming that Dungeon Arena pretty much was just a predecessor to uh, Spellbook, I suppose. But Spellbook was so much fun. I really should go back into that one, too. And, you know, all these games just, just go back into and just rebalance some of the stuff. Because Spellbook got way overcomplicated with some of the later spell types and shit that came out. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's always the way. It's like good, nice, yeah. and fun flow, and then oh, let's add some more things, and another more things, and more things, and oh shit, <laughs> it's got out of control. It started off with attack spells, protect spells, heal spells, summon spells. I think items, and then, and then it got into some crazy shit like dead spells and. All these other spells started coming out, and artifacts, which is by far the most confusing card in the game, because there were like a wild card <laughs> for everything but like a few things, and that's what was confusing about it. Um, uh, but yeah, it, Spellbook was such a su- super easy and streamlined game. Um, there was actually a guy who reviewed it on his channel, and he actually gave it praise, and I really yeah. love Spellbook. It, it came out really cool. Um, yeah, that's great. But yeah. Um, all right, but yeah, Spellbook, that's my number three. My number two is a game that I absolutely love the world, and I just talked about it a second ago, and that is Kid Nitro, one and two. Um, both these games are super, super great. Um, my goal with this game was to make a one a solitaire one-player game, and it was supposed to emulate kind of like Mega Man, where you would go through a level and try to defeat the boss, um, at the end of the level, and when you would defeat that boss, you would get their weapon, and you can use those weapons to defeat bosses kind of rock, paper, scissors style or Mega Man style, just like the other games. Um, <laughs> one of the things in this game to make it like a board game or a card game was to actually do 
uh, incorporate these cubes as a resource. And you can use these resources, kind of like Mega Man, actually, like Mega Man 9 and 10. You can use these resources to get uh, additional weapons um, or items to help aid you to get additional resources for different areas for, through the different levels. Um, but the main thing was is what you needed to build was uh, some kind of uh, either an airship or I think it was just like a burrowing I don't even know what it was in the second one. Like a burrowing <laughs> Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. Like uh, um, some kind of a drill machine to get you inside yeah, of the earth. Right. Like the, the things they would shredder would take from the Technodrome to get us to the earth. <laughs> yeah, I was making one of those. But you would have to build one of these, like, uh, uh, I don't know, automobiles, I guess you could call them. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> ways of transportation to get to the big boss at the end of the game, which his name was Mickey Finn. Um, what you would do is you would have to defeat all the bosses once again and then defeat Mickey Finn. And if you were able to do all of that, uh, go through all the levels, kill all the bosses, go to Mickey Finn, just go through, essentially just going through all the bosses one more time and then killing Mickey Finn, you would win the game. And it also had cool dice uh, combat, which was uh, fun to roll dice. It is a fun game. I really do like Kid Nitro. And I love yeah. playing solitaire games, so it was a... Uh, Super fun game to make, and I think Kevin helped out with some of the ideas. Maybe uh, I know he's definitely good at Park and Nitro. Seems like it's birthing. So I love me some <laughs> Nitro for sure. Yeah, the Kid Nitro world um, is pretty sweet. Indeed. Um, and then my number one game is uh, Quest for the Lost Pixel. Um, this is the largest game that I've ever made, um, and I think yes. Dungeon <laughs> Arena may have maybe more cards? I don't know. It's close. It's really close. Quest for Lost Pixel, though, is... Oh, man. My goal with Quest for Lost Pixel was to make a roguelike video game into a board game. That was the ultimate goal, with procedurally generated dungeons with random layouts every single time you played, uh, random items, random monsters. Um, it was supposed to be this epic game and it certainly is i mean i will say right now that mm -hmm. you sit down and play this game you're going to be sitting down for hours um <laughs> uh, most of it it is still a roguelike at heart especially if you because you can play this game solitaire and at heart it is still a roguelike once you die you die that's it there's no, no coming back um so that was the aim for this game but when you play it with more people it's a little bit easier to keep people alive. So cooperatively, it's definitely a better game. But there's a time aspect to it, and it is still dangerous to play because because the dungeons are <laughs> randomly generated. You're you're exploring as you're moving. You never know what's in each room. So it could be traps. It could be events. It could be uh, different like tiles that like maybe like lava or water or the Void, which is an amazing thing. This game is super great, I'm telling you. It, it's a fantastic game. Because I tried to emulate a lot of stuff from, like, uh, hack and slash style games where there was, like, set collections. So you can go through, like, different dungeons to find set pieces to, like, armors and weapons and whatnot. And you can go in mm -hmm. there and try to get these treasures, but it was dangerous. There was a cost. Um to go through them, but if you can do it, then you've got a really great piece of armor or weapon. Um, and then, I'm, this is the one game where I have expansions that really just make the game even better. Um, there's two expansions. There was 
the Catacombs of Asteria, and then Risk and Reward, I think is the name of the second one. And Risk and Reward offered pets, so you can have a pet with you now. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Nice. Quest for Lost Pixel is a, is a badass game. It's super, super good. Um, it's just, I, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say it again. It's a long game. Um, there's so many different <laughs> her, heroes that you can play from, though. I think there's like 19 heroes that you could choose from. I think it started off with seven. Including and every that sweet, sweet mystic. Like, more. Oh, I know, that mystic. Oh, my <laughs> mystic. Mm. <laughs> the mystic's amazing in the game as well. Um, it's all pixel art, of course. Um, I think this is one of the first games, if not the first game, that I started using with pixel art. Um, I think it is actually the first game that I started using with pixel art. Um, but yeah, yeah every so. uh, essentially what you're doing is you're taking your hero and trying to traverse through ten floors of this dungeon in order to find the lost pixel, which is somewhere located on the tenth floor. But every floor gets harder and harder, and it's determined by the decks of cards that you use. So um, for each floor, there's a deck of both monster cards and then a deck of uh, treasure cards. So like floor two will have level or I think level two monsters and then level two treasures. So every floor you're kind of swapping decks out. And then uh, it's based around kind of like D&D-ish where you're using uh, different dice, uh, different like uh, numbered dice. Uh, to do certain actions. Like on event cards, you might have to use a dexterity roll to accomplish this dexterity event, and that will be determined on your card of how how good you are with dexterity. Um, And the same thing with intelligence and the same thing with strength. It's such a super, super easy game to figure out. The only thing that kind of bogs it down is combat. So each player's turn, you uh, do the explore phase, and then... Oh man, what was it called? Explore phase, and then I want to say encounter. Oh yeah. Phase. Yep. So you'd explore, and then you do an encounter, which you just draw a random monster off that floor's deck, and uh, uh, you'll deal with the monster most of the time. You can almost one hit them. I feel like um, that's the thing that bogs the game down the most, and maybe I could probably tweak that now, but. Honestly, what it is is you, you just keep rolling dice until either you or the monster are, uh, are killed. So you just keep going and going and going. But I have, like, get-out-of-jail-free cards, which is called the sheep card. So if you draw a sheep, then you don't have to fight any monster, and then it becomes the next person's card. But then I also have these monster enhancer cards, which means that that monster uh, will be extremely strong, but the reward is very, very large if you can be, uh, defeat it. So... It's a super, super fun game. I, I really put a lot of thought into this one. It's probably my most different game because it was trying to do the best it can to emulate a roguelike RPG. And I feel like it captures it. It just it does it in a very long period of time. <laughs> it's the biggest downfall <laughs> of the entire floors. game. Is, a lot of floors. It is a lot of floors, and it's a lot of time. I've played this now in its entire... I played it with Nick and Scooch. And we were up for hours playing it. But it's never like, there are times where you're like, man, I just wish it was my turn already. But every time it became your <laughs> turn, it was always rewarding because we're all trying to work at trying to find these stairs to get to the next floor together, right? But it was mm-hmm. like one of those things that when you would play, you just kept getting more and more stuff. So, like, you're always swapping in your equipment and getting better equipment. 
So you're you're always changing your stats, and it's always like maybe on like Nick's turn, I'm trying to figure out which stuff to equip to my guy because it's like, all right, I equip this fire sword. It's weaker in strength, but it allows me to use uh, fire elemental attack. So maybe that would be better for you know upcoming monsters that are weak to fire. Or uh, now I'm uh, I'm I'm given a choice between two different spells that I can equip to my guy. And once I equip one of them, I have to get rid of the other one. So you're you're left with all these choices to try to do the best you can to maximize your <laughs> guy's stats and abilities and stuff like that. So, um, oh man, I'm really, really, really loving that game. It's so good. I can't wait to actually play that one. We need to play that next time me and Nick go out there. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm totally. I mean, we'll. That'll be a good day to just. Not spend a bunch of money. Actually, when you guys come out here next time, I'm <laughs> telling you, like we're not going to spend a lot of money. We'll be. I'll just be making a lot of meals here, or just getting pizza and stuff like that, so we don't get a. Uh, because that was costly, just doing everything. We got all that stuff <laughs> out of the way now. Now we can just bebop around, do fun stuff. In general. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't cost a gajillion dollars. <laughs> like one of the best days we had here last time was the day where we didn't I didn't have anything planned. We just played Mario Kart and went to I think the comedy club and the strip club. Yeah. I, I wasn't was even planning on the strip club or the comedy club. I was just like <laughs> no. Oh no. The comedy club was planned, but we didn't have anything planned that entire day. So we just played Mario Kart and then we went to the strip club and it was so much fun just doing that. Yeah, and we kinda so, like, went around Seattle like running. catching Pokemon. <laughs> Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Those are the good days. <laughs> yep, All right, but yeah, stuff. that's my list. My number one was Quest for the Lost Pixel. Yeah, I can't wait to play that. It's a good be fun. <laughs> Hopefully I don't die like right away in the first floor. <laughs> no, we'll keep you alive. I'll make Drag you. Drag my corpse with the you. Paladin or the mystic. <laughs> Oh, one of the cool things I put in the game is like just like uh, other like roguelike games. So you can get potions, but you don't know what they do until you drink them, which logically makes <laughs> sense because you wouldn't, nobody would really know what they would do unless you drink them anyway. So that was one of the fun things that I put in this game was having <laughs> potions that you can drink, but you didn't know what the effects were until you drank them. <laughs> so it was super funny. Like, oh, I'm dying on health. There's, like, one or two that have bad effects, but, like, the rest of them are, like, really kind of fast in what they actually do. Look at this game while you're talking about your stuff. <laughs> it's a big box, too. There's no board. It's all just literally just cards. Uh, probably around 1,200 cards are in this game. Remember crazy. before GameCraft put the kibosh on it, we were going to have, like, 70 different characters of, like, like characters from other oh, like other yeah. worlds. Like, licensed characters. <laughs> That we were just gonna have it's like so bonus true. things, and they're like, nope. Even if you're not gonna sell it, you can't do that. God damn it! <laughs> right? Yeah, we were supposed to do some really awesome characters. Like there was gonna be like just random ones. Like Ronald McDonald was supposed to be in there. And, like, <laughs> yeah. All, all the most random <laughs> characters you can think of were supposed to be in this game, and it was so so cool. And Kevin and I each made a character for ourselves, and we were gonna do yeah. that. Yeah. I think they, they they even disallowed those for some reason. No, <laughs> we're not no, those, Wolverine. Those ones, those ones got could have been passed, 
but it would have just been weird to have them in the game and not everybody else. <laughs> so I just I put the kibosh up keeping them in the game. So, but yeah, there oh, was okay. some really 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 cool stuff um, that were going to be in the actual game with all the crazy characters, and they were all so thematically like <laughs> amazing too. Like, because each each hero that you choose in the game has an ability, and I really tried my best to come up with amazing abilities. Like some of them, like Wolverine, he would heal himself once every turn. So that that was, you know, because he's got the healing thing. And some people had some crazy mm-hmm. abilities. I think Edward Scissorhands is in the game. Um, there was a bunch of people. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 17, 18, 19, 20. There's 20 different characters in this game that you can choose from now. So, like, that's pretty Dang. That's pretty good. Some of them are really cool. The Druid is still one of my favorites to be. The Mystic is also amazing. Um, oh, yeah. I like the Sweet Blood Mage, magic. which is pretty good, or the Time Bender, which is pretty good. That helps with the time aspect in the game. Uh, but, yeah, for sure, there's definitely a lot of really cool characters in this game. I can't really fit anything else in this box. It's pretty full. But now I just wanted to work on Retro City Rumble. That's what I want to do. Now. <laughs> or you got so much. And that, the cool thing with Retro City Rumble is I've done all the art for that game. Like, every inch of that game is all of my art, where, like, other games I usually either buy art from somebody else or I've been given art from somebody else, but it's not my art. But Retro City Rumble and Kid Nitro, all of that sweet, sweet art is mine, baby. All of that sweet, sweet yeah. art. Yeah. <laughs> Even a crazy zookeeper that's made of combinations of animals that I still don't know how you managed to pull that off, but <laughs> somehow you did. I don't know how I managed <laughs> to pull it amazing. off <laughs> I know. I like that. I could have chosen any, anything for the zookeeper's head. Anything. <laughs> and I've chosen a fish. And it was perfect. <laughs> So what yeah, I, so choice, I, I definitely I want to go back into it because now I forgot that Game Crafter, you know how like Re- Retro City Rumble, you got the smaller like box, and I know that I made mm-hmm. more people to replace the the robots with, and then I went on a binge and just kept making more and more people. Now I think I what I can do is uh, with the uh, they they made a taller box. So it's still the same length and width, but the box is taller, so now I can add more cards into there. Oh, so shit. <laughs> maybe now, now I can do that, Kev. I can make more, you know, more. <laughs> they're going to start being really obscure. <laughs> like the first couple they're of steps are like, oh, yeah, these are good obscure. archetypes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, now here's a baby. <laughs> and there's already a baby yeah I know that's what I'm saying like, even some of the ones that are already there it's like <laughs> I don't know this is a stretch <laughs> well it's, the goal with Retro City Rumble was I wanted to do like a Killer Instinct style game where like everything you could possibly think of was <laughs> in the game like that you could just fight against like it was, man, some of, like you got a soldier and a soldier versus a ghost versus a prisoner versus a cook versus Sir kills a lot of the knights <laughs> versus Dr. Milk. And then there's the baby. And then you got the amazing yeah, Dr. Milk. And you got a pirate, a Woodstock, a hippie, a survivalist who's literally not wearing anything but a leaf. You've got Project, the black <laughs> guy. Uh, you had the killer uh, that has both 
Mike Myers, well, not both, but you got Mike Myers, Freddy Krueger's claw, and then a hockey mask. You got a hacker. Like, I was supposed to emulate, like, just a crazy brawl of just individuals coming together, just set in this retro city <laughs> universe. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. And it does. It's good. It's good stuff. But, yeah, I mean, and we've got even more. Well, actually, dude, fuck it. I'm just going to work on more Retro City Rumble shit. That makes me usually <laughs> nice. happy when I'm working on that. And I need more obscure things <laughs> in that game to do. Just need to put more people in there. So I've got a few more ideas that I wanted to put in there anyway. So I'm just going to do that. Sweet. You finally solved the mystery of what your next project's going to be. It'll probably change. And I don't want it to. I really don't. <laughs> My heart It'll can't change stop. by the end of this show. <laughs> I'll be working on at least three other projects at the end of the show. All righty. But we can start off with me. Your... Well, I know. I'm sorry, dude. My life is <laughs> shit. My life is just <laughs> shit all the time. Just need to be able to clone you so you can do 12 games at once. Yep. Some of them will never get to sleep because you just keep poking them with shock prods. Yep. Stay awake. Shock prods. Stay awake, you work. <laughs> well, All right. good news is I'm going well, back to Retro or Kid Nitro. Yeah. For now. <laughs> I can't now. wait to see what comes next. Yeah. Oh, that, that was the thing with Retro City Rumble. Is like we'd always talk. Like I would just like banter back and forth with you to try to figure out what the next person is that I could put in the game, and uh, I think you've come up with a couple good ones in the past. I mean, we had Captain Raptor, who was supposed to be a policeman, yeah. who was also a dinosaur. <laughs> so that was. Fun. I do love Captain Raptor. He's pretty epic. Who doesn't like Captain Raptor? He's the best. <laughs> He's the best. But, all righty. Well, well, the problem with the pixel right. art, the problem with the pixel art is, like, I don't think, like, my pixel art is a little bit more blockier, and it's all 32 by 32, but I don't use black outline for these ones, so I can try to shove as much detail as possible, but sometimes it doesn't work out in your favor, because you're like, oh, I thought this was, like, a part of his something, and I'm like, no, and I have to, like, <laughs> tell you what it's about. We <laughs> have a lot of them are still remarkably readable. Remarkably, I don't know. Omega Nerd is remarkably <laughs> readable. It's true. He was pretty great. Yeah, Penny. Damn. Yeah, definitely <laughs> getting back into this. Sweet. All right. Just doing it. Stay Just tuned for news on now. that. Yep. <laughs> Now it's official. Now I have to. You just made it official. Stay tuned for news. <laughs> Gotta to touch your tongue to mine. That'll make it official. <laughs> Put your hand in my hand. <laughs> Alrighty. All now, right. Now well, my list, uh, obviously we were gonna supposed to be doing the uh the my top 20 worst movies of 2017, but that had to get pushed uh, because something happened this week that I felt just needed to get addressed uh, beforehand before we got to that. Cause it was more, a little more relevant and just something that needed to get done now. 
Um, obviously Monday, I'm sure most people out there are aware of this. Uh, I guess Monday, I think it was, um, Dolores O'Riordan, the lead singer of the Cranberries passed away. Um, there still has been no cause of death or anything released that I know of. Um, she was only 46. So it kind of seems like the, you know, options, none of them are probably pleasant. (laughs) I know they said there's no like foul play involved or anything like that, but uh, I know she's been having like back problems and that kind of stuff. Like that's why they canceled the tour that they were supposed to have last year. Like apparently it sounded like it was pretty bad. Like she's basically had some kind of problem with one of the like discs in her back. And like, if it kept getting, you know, significantly worse, like she wouldn't be able to walk again. Um, so it sounded like it was a pretty bad injury, but I don't know if that's, if that, you know, maybe it was more than just a disc. Maybe it was some kind of actual problem that could, you know, take you out or, some kind of just they had her on a bunch of painkillers and you know painkillers mixed with alcohol or something and she died because of that or god knows what or if it was you know another one of these rock and roll people committing suicide which seems to be going around a lot um hopefully it's none of that uh hopefully it was just some random thing that you know ended up taking her out but I don't know. It's very upsetting, nonetheless, because as I've mentioned several times on this show, uh, the Cranberries are one of my favorite bands, like, of all time. Uh, they're, they're in, like, the top, you know, my top 11, I would say, of all. They're a band that I love every second. I think even before, like, I changed the radio, I like... Kevin, you're breaking up. You're breaking up, so you can barely hear you. Sounds like you're talking from the back of the room. Oh. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah, that's better now. Ah, sweet. Stupid Mike. <laughs> um, yeah, but like even like when my dad would listen to Q and One, like really when it first started, probably like in ninety two, ninety three, like I remember hearing a couple of, you know, with cranberry songs back then before I'd even started listening to like the radio and even at that point I was like, Oh, this is really good. Like I just I love this. <laughs> this sounds amazing. It's so like weird and cool and just like ethereal almost. And just, I loved them right away. And every, when I did start listening to the radio, I mean, I was definitely way into them. I downloaded or went to the library and got a couple of their CDs and, like, copied them on a tape and that kind of thing. They were definitely one of those bands that I was doing that for, which there was definitely, a, that was the thing I used to do a lot before I got to college and could start downloading music. I'd just go to the library and have them get, you know, the CDs from other libraries and <laughs> just record it that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> And she just, like, I would have to say, like, she is, without a doubt, like, my favorite female singer of all time. Like, there's just something really unique and special about her voice. Um, It was that Irish accent's just great. And just her sound of her voice was really good. And she does all kind of crazy yodels and stuff and (laughs) just weird doo-doo-doos and stuff that always just makes – it's really fascinating and, like, different than – anything anybody else does. And it's just, I don't know, it's just a whole tour de force performance, really, uh, that I, I just always loved her. Um, I thought she was great. Um, I started, I tried to, uh, Thursday night, I got home from work, I was like, I should throw on one of these Cranberries live DVDs and, you know, just relive the memories and that kind of thing. I threw on one of them and just immediately, like, all these tears were just falling down my face. <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing. Jeez. <laughs> It's just, uh, like, 
I don't know. I'm gonna miss her because she was she was seemed like a good lady. I mean, she definitely had problems. Like apparently she came out a couple of years ago saying she was bipolar and stuff, which makes sense given some of the like things that's been going on with her recently. And it seems like she had some hard stuff in her past and that kind of thing. And I know she went through a divorce over the last couple of years. Um, she's got like three kids, I think, who uh, have got to be, you know, I think the oldest one's probably 20 at the most. So that means they're mostly probably like teenagers. So it sucks for them. Um, definitely no bueno for them at all. But I figured we'd take a look at some of their songs um, and a little bit of her solo work as well. Um, I mean, I, I've narrowed it down to 12, <laughs> which even that was tough. Because <laughs> honestly, I could go for forever. Um, Cranberries, I think, had including that one that just came out last year, they had like seven studio albums. Um, and she also did two solo albums during the period where they were down because uh, they took a break kind of from 2002 to 2012. Like they were just kind of not doing anything. So she did two like solo albums in that time. And both of those are really good too. Um, so whether with the Cranberries or without the Cranberries, like she was still out there doing good stuff. So she's, uh, she was just, you know, an amazing lady. Um, I'm going to play, the first one I'm going to play is from their very first album. Uh, everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? Um, this is a song that probably you might not know if you're not a big Cranberries fan. And this was one that got like a lot of radio play. Uh, but it's just a really sweet song, and I, I've always really liked this one. Uh, it's called Sunday. And here it is. violins there they were <laughs> a lot of violins on that first album which i'm not against because it worked really well with their sound and it seemed like that might have been where they were heading back towards with that last album uh something else that came out last year and apparently they were just supposed to start going back into the studio uh very soon to be working on a new album which kind of sucks <laughs> apparently we'll oh, never damn. see that yeah Oh, definitely sucks. 
I, I, I'm glad I did see them at least once, like, live. I went, like, when they came back in 2012, um, I did go see them then, and it was a great show. And I'm glad I did it. Oh, got right. to do it at least once. <laughs> I had tickets for the tour yeah. last year, but then, obviously, they had to cancel it. So, unfortunately, that didn't happen, but I'm glad I at least made it to one. And they got yeah. some good concert DVDs out there, so that's good. <laughs> One of the other things I like so much about Dolores O'Riordan was like she uh she's so like awkward on stage. Like she's it's not like she doesn't command the stage like she does. She's definitely got a powerful voice and she's, you know, the leader of the band essentially, but she's just so awkward. Like she'll try to like dance, but it's like weird like old man, you know, like your dad's dance moves. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But it works for her in some weird, like, charming way where it's just like, like, it, this is weird and awkward, but I kind of like it. <laughs> she made it work for her. She kind of, like, walks around the stage. Like, you know that Ed Grimley character that uh, Martin Short did on SNL back in the day? The guy with, like, the slicked up hair? Like, the really high I, pants yeah. and stuff? <laughs> she kind of she kind of has that same walk going around the stage half the time, which is pretty funny, but... It's for, for some reason it's just very charming and it works for her. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um. So the next one, number eleven here, uh, is going to be a song from her first solo album. Um. This is a song called October. Um. And unlike the last one, that one, you know, Sunday didn't really have a whole lot of the the vocal trickeries it's just kind of a nice you know sweet kind of normal song um not doing anything too crazy with the old voice there uh this one <laughs> kind of like in the chorus especially she's doing some kind of like i don't even know what you call it i kind of call it the goat boy where she's kind of like if you remember goat boy from snl it kind of goes ah, in the middle of songs and stuff like that oh, it's kind of yeah. like that weird like machine gunnies kind of voice um and there's kind of a little bit of that going on but it, again it's just it sounds really great i've always loved this song um here it is october
<laughs> I love it. I didn't even hear the goat sound. <laughs> the whole Maybe it doesn't come through enough on uh, the old blog talk speakers, but <laughs> if you listen to the it's actual track, you'll yeah. definitely pick it up. <laughs> but I just I love it. It's got that little flutter to it, and it's just kind of just such a great great range she had. That's pretty good. I do like that jazz. Yeah. There is, I mean, we'll have to do this again someday. Maybe we should just start doing a thing where we'll take like, pick our top 12 bands and we'll kind of each do like pick a band and then we'll do our top 12 of that band that week. <laughs> or at least not top 12, but 12 songs that people should hear. Jesus. Top 12 would be tough. <laughs> Um, so my number 10 is going to be, this is a song that definitely gets some radio play. Um, this was a song from their third album to the faithful departed, uh, called when you're gone. Uh, and this is like a nice little sweet kind of ballady song. It's kind of like a throwback to like old doo-woppy songs in a way. Um, you know, kind of like weird Al would do sometimes with like, since you've been gone or something like that. <laughs> All right. One more minute. But not totally, oh, but yeah. it's definitely kind of in that in that vein. Um, so here it is. When you're gone. Have you heard that one? Yep, yep. I have not. Oh. (laughs) 
Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know how much they play it on alternative radio anymore since I don't really listen to it much, but definitely back in like 96, it was definitely all over the place. <laughs> um. All right. And um, this next track, uh, this is from that same album, but it's very different. I had to put this on here just because how weird and fucking... <laughs> this song is crazy in like the best way. Um, it's a song called "I Just Shot John Lennon," and I guess it's a it's about Mark David Chapman, the guy who shot John Lennon, and it's just crazy and weird. <laughs> and there's like some crazy, you know, like haunted house style keyboard going on at a certain point, and then it's just got a very um, abrupt and strange ending that you'll hear. Um, I cut out part of the middle, but you kind of get most of the song here. <laughs> um, there you go. This is I Just Shot John Lennon by the Cranberries. Yeah, I don't like a song that yeah, ends with that. gunshots. Okay. <laughs> it just kind of makes it spooky the way it ends like that. <laughs> Get this crazy and <laughs> a couple of gunshots. Yeah, that was a little out of Such nowhere, maybe a little slightly out of character there. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. But I like it. I like when they get a little bit more on the rock side and kind of an interesting choice. They're definitely stretching their wings a little bit on that album. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, the next one, this is going to be one I know you'll know. This is definitely one. I think they're, uh, I mean, it's hard to say if this was, I'm not sure which one technically came out first, this one or Linger, but 
they're, you know, between those two, they're definitely their first two hits. Um, it's from their first album. Uh, this is definitely one of their biggest hits, I would say. Uh, this is the song Dreams. Not the Peter Jank one that we heard recently, although that one oh, is good, too. <laughs> if they covered one of your songs, that would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> song which is oh, dreams. It's a good song. <laughs> I do I love that stream at the end. It's so good. Ah, oh, so good. And it's just great that she got to like always do her own background vocals and like harmonize with herself because it just kind of gives you even more of that sweet, sweet voice. <laughs> it's not a bad thing at all. <laughs> I think I did. Did I do it? I feel like I just nailed it. That is like the last minute and a half of the song, and it's just so great. Pretty. Let that go on the radio. Yeah. What's the Peter Jenk version of that? Where I just nail every note. I remember like being like probably 10 or 11, and my parents were watching some thing on PBS where it was showing part of one of their shows or something they had done for PBS, something like that. And so they were showing them the Cranberries do that song like live. And just seeing her do that whole part was just so impressive. I was probably like 10 or 11, but I was like, damn, this is amazing. That was pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Not that your version wasn't lovely, but. (laughs) Oh, come on, man. I feel like it was, it was pretty just darn strictly good. lovely. <laughs> All right. Here, I'll do it. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. 
I'll do it. <laughs> put your heart and soul into it. <laughs> I always put my heart and soul into it. Didn't you hear my heart and or soul? But not gummy bears. Those can't be eaten no. or put into song. No. I told you what happened the one time when they landed <laughs> in my pubic hair. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Yeah, All right. that's what it was. <laughs> well, this conversation sums up our next song, Ridiculous Thoughts. Yay. <laughs> uh, this is a song from their second album, um, No Need to Argue. This uh, this was a, good, a pretty good-sized hit. Uh, this is one – it didn't quite get as much uh, – Radio plays some of the other ones from this album, which always made it kind of stick out in my mind as being a little bit special, just because you didn't hear it quite as often. Uh, but this was a great song. Uh, ridiculous thoughts. Here it is. Do you know hold on? <laughs> no. I've never heard that song. And I never knew that I really? needed to hold on before. <laughs> well now you do. You've been told <laughs> multiple times. I love that part of the song. Yes. <laughs> it just kinda keeps building and building. With each you're gonna have so to hold on. So <laughs> finally somebody exploded. <laughs> Isn't that what all good songs do? Cause people to explode. That's what I've been taught my whole life. (laughs) All right. Well, next up, this is another hit song, but we'll see if you know it. (laughs) So far, the batting average isn't high. But this is a little bit later. This was probably like, 
<laughs> yeah. This is probably like 1998-ish, 99-ish, so a little bit more towards when you were starting to get into music. So maybe this one would have crossed your path a little more. Um, and this is just Don't one of those, like... I've lived my life. <laughs> this has just got some of them epic vocals where she's just all over the map, and there's all kind of crazy stuff going on, and it's all great. Uh, this is a song called Promises. Here it is. Breaking up. I can't hear you again. Uh oh. Can you hear me now? There. Now I can hear you. All right. Have you heard that one? No, never, ever, ever. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I don't believe it. I love that song. It's just oh. so over, all over the place. It's like she's trying to make every vowel sound <laughs> and just make weird things out of it. <laughs> Away, away, away. away. There's a line line in the first verse. Like, I thought, I I kept thinking it was for all these years, I thought it was like retard alibis. (laughs) 
And I kind of figured, okay, it's probably not retarded alibis. It's probably like retried alibis, something like that. I decided to look it up this week. Apparently, it was eternal vows. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so I had no idea. Wrong. I was way off. <laughs> 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 but if you listen, I, I recommend you listen to that song and tell me it's not, it doesn't sound like she's saying retard alibis. <laughs> uh, <I can't> actually. <laughs> oh man, and it's actually that music video is weird. Like there's uh, it's like they're kind of playing in some like weird old western town, and there's some kind of like <laughs> crazy witch ghost that's like attacking and stuff. It's fucking weird. I don't understand it, but I liked it. <laughs> oh. Weird. <laughs> so, definitely anybody listening, I recommend you watch that video if you like good times. <laughs> All right, we'll see if you heard this one. This was definitely a big hit. Bigger than those last ones. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's from their second album. Uh, it's called Ode to My Family. And it's got that classic, you always know you're in for a good cranberry song, but it just starts out with her doing stuff with her voice, and the music kind of kicks in as it goes along. But when it just starts out with some Dolores, you know you're probably in for a pretty good song. And that's definitely the case with this one. Uh, Ode to My Family. Here we go. Do you know that one? No, I've never heard that one in my entire life. <laughs> what the hell? They're apparently not playing any cranberries over there in the state of Washington. 
just Nirvana about 24-7. I mean, that's not bad. It could be worse. It's bad. It's definitely bad. 24-7 might be annoying, but at least it's something good. At least it's like Nickelback and Limp Bizkit 24-7, like it was around here in the Uh, early 2000s. But yeah, I've never heard that song either. (laughs) Dang. That was definitely a big one in the 90s for them. Well, at least this next one, I guarantee, you know, (laughs) I guarantee, as they say in Louisiana, everyone Uh says. If they don't, if you don't say it, they kick you out. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) This is my... My favorite karaoke jam of all the Cranberry songs. Mostly because I like to do the with their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns. This is a little song called (laughs) called Zombie. that in part where she sounds like she's doing some kind of animal mating calls or something. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So good. I mean, that's just all around probably one of the 90s biggest songs. You really think about it. Like, everybody knows that song. It's weird because in the 90s, I've never heard that song. The first time I heard that song was in yeah, it's probably 2000 and uh, 2008 maybe I think I heard it the first time holy shit really yeah I liked it somebody played it on because I was in AIT in the army and somebody had it playing and I was like oh that's a pretty sweet song and they told me the band name and stuff and the only the only song I knew at the time was Linger by the Cranberries yeah and that was because of the click and I only knew of Linger <laughs> in 2007. That was the first time I think I wow. heard that one because of Click. 
Um, I mean, I've heard of the band Cranberries, and I think I heard that other song that you played earlier. I know I've heard that song a bunch of times, but I never put two and two together of all that shit. But yeah, yeah, Zombie's a good thing. I like that jam. Yeah, that's definitely a classic right there. Very good. All right. Um, my number three on this list is going to be probably the most rocking song in the Cranberries category or uh, library, I would say. Catalog. According to who? Um, <laughs> according to me. <laughs> I'm an expert on such things. This was uh, this one definitely got a lot of radio play. This is from their third album. Um, so this was a I think it, uh, this was early on in the album too. Uh, this was a track called Salvation. Um, I think it's pretty much just about not letting drugs ruin your life and stuff like that. Um, it's really good. It's really fast and <laughs> just he kind of rips on through it, and I like it. Here we go, Salvation. If you haven't heard like linger till 2007, the chances of you knowing that one probably not so good. <laughs> They're actually slim to none. I've never heard that song ever, so. <laughs> that's oh, that was a good one. I, I love that one. It's really, I think it's only about like two minutes long or so, something like that. It's pretty short because it's just so quick and awesome, but. I like that in the second part, that part, they got the, like, saxophones and stuff, like, doing da-da-da, which kind of makes me think that she just kind of, like, that was what it was supposed to be all along, but then the first time, she's just like, I'm just going to sing it. <laughs> I'm just going to be the saxophones. <laughs> it's 
pretty great. Seems like very Dolores a weird thing to do. <laughs> I just love someone who's like, I'm just gonna make crazy sounds with my mouth because nobody else is doing it. Yeah, she does have a unique voice. I do like her voice. Yeah, it's it's a really good like it's just soothing and nice and sounds very sweet. Yeah. Um, number two. <laughs> this, I mean, we. <laughs> My number two is really, you know, obviously they're. I would say their number one song, um, the greatest cranberry song that there ever was. Um, I think most people would agree on that. They do have plenty of good songs, but I would say this really is the standout. Um, we just played a different version of this on the 2017 list when you know, we played the re-recorded version. Um, this is going to be a little bit of the original. Uh, since we just talked about it too much, and that's why it's number two, uh, so that it and I got something else I wanted to play at number one. But this is obviously, of course, a song from 2007. You know, it was really 1992 slash three. Linger. <laughs> <laughs> Every every bit of that song, the way it's arranged is amazing. Her like background vocals on that are just great. Just the like weird kind of like banshee wail she's kind of doing in the background. Uh, I just I love it. I've always it really couldn't be much more of a perfect song, song than that. About what? Farts. I've always considered this song about farts. Does that make me bad? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really can't ruin it. Even if it is about farts. <laughs> Good. I mean, I don't want to... It just works on so many levels. Church her <laughs> in any way, but it does sound like a song about farts. <laughs> Do you have to? Do you have to? <laughs> Can't you just go get a fart fan? Did you have to let it linger? That. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I get it. I see where you're going. <laughs> oh. Definitely makes sense. Well, that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to my number one. Uh, this one, it just flat out is the whole song <laughs> because it's number one. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 
<laughs> it's only like three and a half minutes, so it's not too bad. Uh, this, I mean, this is definitely a song that would have been out there. Um, it's not, obviously, like I said, Linger's the real number one. But I just felt this was a good way to close out the list. Uh, it seemed the most fitting, I would say. Um, this was a song off their second album. It's very, it's very stripped down, very just acoustic, um, and just very simple. Uh, but it's it's one that is really just haunting and kind of sticks with you. Um, it's a song called Empty, and it's just kind of about that feeling uh, that you get when something, you know, some big part of your life, whether it's like a relationship or just somebody you loved who died, something like that, anything like that, the big, just the empty void that they leave when, when they leave. Um, so I felt that would be a fitting number one here uh, as we, you know, kind of remember Dolores herself. Um, I, just, I always love this song. It's very beautiful. Um, the chorus is just, I don't know, just very haunting, and I, and I love it. Um, so here it is, Empty by the Cranberries.
that's going. There you go. <laughs> no, it's mostly just empty. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> it's so good. It's just, I don't know, very just haunting and chilling. It just kind of makes you feel a little numb. Singly. <laughs> so tingly all over. <laughs> all right, well, let's see if we can crank through some Weird Al real quick before they give us the boot. Okay. 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 <laughs> I can. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're looking, we're moving on into the 90s this week. The 90s. I'm sure you're happy that the 80s are over. Uh, I've obviously never, never happy about that, but. <laughs> I am. Um, this, this was 1992, I believe. Uh, Weird Al's first album of the 90s, Off the Deep End. Um, obviously, the cover art and everything was a uh, parody of Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, uh, which had, you know, the naked baby jumping into a swimming pool, swimming after a dollar on a fishing hook. Uh, Weird Al had him naked jumping into a fishing pool, swimming after a donut on a fishing hook. <laughs> yep. I do remember this album, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> And obviously, of course, there was a Nirvana parody that was kind of the biggest hit off this album. Uh, the lead track, very funny video. Um, Smells Like Nirvana, obviously a parody of Smells Like Teen Spirit. And here it is. Oh, before, actually, before we play it, I always love the story of how he got permission on this one. Because uh, apparently, like, he, you know, he had worked with, oh, what was her name, Victoria Jackson uh, in the UHF movie, and she was on Saturday Night Live. So he knew that like uh, Nirvana was doing Saturday Night Live, so he called up Victoria Jackson and had her get them on the phone, basically get Kurt Cobain on the phone. It was like, hey, um, I want to do a parody of one of your songs. Is that all right? And Kurt's response was apparently, it's not about food, is it? <laughs> and weird, I was like, uh, well, no. It's, <laughs> it's about how nobody can understand your lyrics. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's great, it's just it's such a charming little little story that I, I've always loved. It just makes them both seem really cool. Uh, so here it is. Smells like Nirvana. The song about how nobody can understand Kurt's weird mumblings. Here we go.
Yeah, part with all the different sounds. <laughs> so good. Classic, classic. <laughs> That's a great tune. Uh, the next parody up on this album was uh, very different. This was a parody of You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer about Weird Al's other favorite thing besides food, TV, called I Can't Watch uh, This. I can't watch this. Yeah, nothing but trash and you know I can't watch this. Poke out my eyes, man. I can't watch this. Yo, give me that remote control. I can't watch this. Talking about six shows as America's funniest home videos. I can't believe my eyes when I see the kind of stuff that wins first prize. Somebody, poor old mom falls down off the roof, lands right on the lawn, face first. On a rake, I hear they got it on the 17th take. That's funny. As a kick in the crotch, and that kind of show, uh, I can't watch. Yo, I told you, I can't watch this. Change the channel now, man. I can't watch this. Yo, pass the TV guy here, sucker. I can't watch this. Cosby Show and Roseanne think I've taken about as much as I can. Judge Wapner. Oh, my. You gotta be Rain Man like this guy. I better something. It's all right if you like hearing yuppies whining all night. Can't stand. Twin Peaks. Wish they'd lynch those donut eating freaks. So fiscal. An Ebert bum. I'd go home and just sit on their thumbs. That's word because you know I can't watch this. I can't watch this. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's the song. <laughs> it's pretty good. I don't hate it. It's got some good stuff. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. Funny that you say, oh, 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 like that. Because <laughs> our next song uh, is... Uh, Oreo. The, yep, The White Stuff. Parody of The Right Stuff by New Kids on the Block. The scourge of people everywhere in this time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but it's a song about Oreo cookies. Good song. Uh, here it is, the white stuff.
<laughs> I gotta say, if they did make a jar full of like Oreo cookie filling, I would definitely put it on my toast as well. That sounds delicious. That sounds rough. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. Oh, that feeling is so good. Bad day, and it sounds like I'm gonna just shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the Ed, who's a you know, frequent caller to the LTS Hockey Show and stuff, and he used to have a, a show on Blog Talk that he does once in a while, but he did a challenge one year. He was going to eat 10,000 Oreos in one year, and he did it. <laughs> and he probably died shortly after. <laughs> no, but you see, he has been having a lot of health problems since. <laughs> I don't know that they're connected. <laughs> Jesus. It's never good. <laughs> Yeah. Whoops. All right. Well, uh, the next one, this was uh, a parody of a song that I guess was probably a hit at the time. Um, You don't hear a lot about it these days, obviously, uh, unless people are making a joke about it. It's people who do remember this even being a thing. Um, But this is a parody of Rico Suave by Gerardo. Do you even have any concept of uh, what that original song was? <laughs> I don't even have any concept of what you're even talking about, so keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah, there's this guy, I guess he was, you know, Hispanic, and he had a song called Rico Suave, um, and Weird Al made a version of, of it about Mexican food called Taco Grande. kind of remember that. <laughs> so... You'll, I mean, you can pretty much hear the original if you just, instead of Taco Grande, hear Rico Suave in your head. But here it is, Taco Grande. Taco Grande. You see, I just gotta have a tostada, carne asada. That's right, I want the whole enchilada. My only addiction has to do with a flour tortilla. I need a quesadilla. I love to stuff my face with tacos al carbón. With my friends or when I'm out alone. Yo tengo mucho hambre y ahora lo quiero. Un burrito ranchero. So give me something spicy and hot now. Got the menu, what you got now? Who would you tell the way to ride? Like to have sour cream on the side? You better make sure the beans are refried. Taco Grande. Big enough for a man like me That's why I order two or three Let me give you a tip to try a nacho chip It's really good with bean dip I give him props for doing like The whole <laughs> speaking Spanish Because if I had yeah. to speak in Spanish I would not be able to <laughs> Do it at all Nope <laughs> not, a, not a chance <laughs> Granted So from that angle The degree Spanish of difficulty is high probably do because I would only be able to just say Mexican foods in Spanish. A taco, burrito, a nacho, burrito. I went back to burrito because I, all I know is burrito. Quesadilla, little Chinese girl. I meant Mexican girl. What am I doing? 
<laughs> so true. <laughs> I do think of that song often, though. Like when I'm at like a Mexican restaurant, it's like, oh, tacos El Carbone. The only time I've ever heard of that is in fucking <laughs> Taco Grande. <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> so anytime I see something I'm not totally familiar with, I'm like, oh, that's, that reminds me of a lyric in that song. <laughs> um, oh. And then our last one we got to look at is kind of a bit of a medley, actually, of two different songs. Um, it's mostly one song, and then there's just a little tiny bit what? of another Red song sandwiched in there. What? Is the Red Hot Chili Peppers song? Oh, no. That's that's coming up next. You're close though, very close. That's uh that will be in our next next edition. This was a mashup kind of of two different Millie Vanilli songs. <laughs> the oh, other no. scourge of America <laughs> at this time. <laughs> the guys who were found out for lip syncing and their careers died immediately. Um yep. they basically had like two hits. Um Baby, don't forget my number, I think, and blame it on the rain. Um, so this song is called The Plumbing Song, and it's mostly a parody of uh, Don't Forget My Number, but there's a little bit of blame it on the uh, rain in there as well. So here it is. This guy makes more than my lawyer. If you work for one day, cost you half a year's pay. He can be here by two. blended the two in that one part like it, it doesn't feel totally out of place so I gotta give him credit for that I'm not gonna say it's an all time great for for by any means but okay, it's not it's not the worst 
It's better than like toothless people. So we talked about before. <laughs> um, um, all right. So top three. I think it smells like Nirvana is definitely in there for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious. Uh, white stuff, probably. I would say white stuff. Yeah. I almost yep. want to say Taco Grande or whatever then. Oh. Yeah? I'm not against it. I have to give him It's either that or I can't watch this. Mm. I'm going to stick with Taco Grande just because I'm going to give him props. I mean, if he's going to go out of his way and actually do actual Spanish in a song when he's not a Spanish man, I'll give him, I'll yeah. give him props for props are due. And he's good at rolling those R's, too. It's tough to do. I, I couldn't fucking do it. <laughs> ramba, ramba, taco grande. <laughs> ale, ale, uh, man, taco. <laughs> it's pretty catchy. All right, yeah. <laughs> All right, works for me. I can go along with diet. Taco. <laughs> <laughs> Grande. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about it for us tonight here. Yeah. Um, for today. Guess they're getting ready for some Monster out. of the Week. I know. I know. We got about 30 minutes until that happens. I might have to go get something to eat, or I could just continue eating this pizza that I pretty much left over from yesterday. But that makes no sense <laughs> oh, to yeah. any of you out there in the world. I want you guys to remember to always flip your tip. And this has been another great – I kind of went out of order on this one, but there's been another great <laughs> podcast here, great episode here on the original Jake Shows. I'm Peter Jake. That's Kevin Jake. Always remember to flip your tip and have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening.
crazy. 